Hey, Boker Tov, Shavua Tov. Today's stop is Daf Yud Aleph in Chagiga. Uh, we learned for a fourth learning for Yosef Azriel Ben Chai Michal and Elazar Ben Reuma. We'll start with about uh, 10 lines down on the page at the two dots. The mission had said, <clears throat> and this uh, last mission of the parak had discussed uh, several things. One thing that we just talked about with Avram about Heton Adoram, Horchan Ba'avi, because the car doesn't. Torah doesn't really talk about that. There's nothing even to rely on. In other words, it's just something that the rabbis darshan, that we have like a Kabbalah, which is why this is probably brought down over here, because we're talking about Chagigo, and the Elos, sacrilege, those are like mountains hanging on a, on, on a hair or on a thread, you know, like a very, very thing. Because it's very small, very a very a very um, small amount of sukkum of scripture to base it on, but there's a lot a lot of halachas. Then the last part gets into dinim like civil cases and avoda in the base migdash and taras and tmos the arayas and forbidden relations. There's what to be so mechalan, but it's mash, but they're also not some fush. The hain hain gufei Torah. That's important. The last words of the Mishnah. But first, the middle section said. Mikramue, there's very small amount of sukkim and a lot of drushes on that. What is that? Hilchashabas, Chagigas, Milas, Harem Karam, Atlim, Masara. It's like mountains hanging by a hair because there's not much to rely on. Very few amount, very little amount of sukkim and a lot of halachas. So now the Brisa brings down another thing. Another thing, Mikramue, Halachas, Mirubas, another thing that has very small amount of sukkim but a lot of halachas, Tana Nigoam, leprosy. Cases where there's a disease in, uh, of a person or of a house, the halos and the rules of ohel, of tuma in an ohel. That's usually what we're talking about. We're talking about ohel. Mikramut is also very small amount of sukkim, but a lot of halachas. Says the Gemara says, Nigon, Mikramut. Do you say when it comes to Nigon, Mikramut? Nigon, Mikra Rabahu. There's a lot of sukkim. Tazriyam itself is full of halachas, a lot of sukkim about Nigon. How do you say that Nigon and halos? Very small amount of sukkim, but a lot of halachas. Nigoim has a lot of sukkim there. Amra Papa, this is what the Brisa really means. Hachikomer. Nigoim mikram ruv halachas mot. Nigoim has many sukkim, not that many more halachas. That means obviously the sukkim teach me halachas, but that there's not that much more halachos that we don't see in the sukkim. A halos, the rules of tense, are mikramuot halachas mot. There's many halachas and very small amount of sukkim. Mesechus also is a long mesechus in the Mishnayis, right? There's a lot of a lot of very few sukkim, but a lot of halachos there. My nafkmina, what's nafkmina? What are you telling me that Nigam has a lot of sukkim, not so many, not so many additional halachos, whereas Alos has uh, very few sukkim and a lot of halachos. My nafkmina, imestaftulachatimil. So if you have some question, you're not sure about something, binigam, I am very quiet. You're not sure about the halachos of Nigam. Look in the sukkim. You can learn a lot from the sukkim. There's not that many more halachos. That are not in the psukim. We must stop from mils of allos, but if you're not sure about something in allos, I and the masis look in the mishnah because there in allos it's very hard to learn the halachas of allos from the psukim because there's very few psukim, very few verses in the scriptures. You really have to go into the mishnah. Dinim, dinim are generally uh, civil cases. So the gemara says mitzvah seven. These are really written in the Torah. Uh, these are written in the Torah. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean the, uh, the halachas of of, uh, of of civil laws of payments and Obligations that one person has to another; those are basically written in the in the in the pesukim. So, like Mishael could a rabbi, rabbi Zalach the Tanya Rabbi Omer, nefesh tafes nefesh. What does the pasuk say in Mishpatim there that if two people are fighting and one man hits by mistake, he hits a pregnant lady, 
It says over there that uh, she and she loses the child. It says he has to pay what that baby is worth. And if they go to court, and what is the what is the person? What is that baby worth? With lifetime income, etc. Whatever they figure out, that's what he's worth. What he's worth <laughs> on the slave market. You figure out what he's worth. Then the pasuk says Let's say he kills the woman, the woman, the pregnant woman. Let's say he actually kills her. The pay soul for soul. Now, the simple shed is, you know, eye, it's like eye for nefesh, 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 eye for an eye, you take the guy's eye out. No, we know that that's not what you do, but rather you pay with money, whatever the person is worth on the market. Nefesh, tachas, nefesh. Mamon, you pay with cash. Maybe you actually have to pay with your, with your body, with your soul, meaning that you're supposed to be killed. If you kill somebody, you're killed in return. Right? And this was, and an, he didn't mean to kill her. Rebbe holds that you're not high of me. So Rebbe says that even by Jews, uh, um, if your intention was to kill Reuven and by mistake you killed Shimon, you're not high for that. If you intended to kill Reuven and you killed Reuven, obviously if there's Eid Menasra, you're also killed for that. But here he killed somebody by mistake. He killed this pregnant woman. So it says over there, uh, which one is you pay? You pay nefesh tachas nefesh. And we say that means money. Oh, wait, maybe it means literally you're killed for it. It says before, it said, by the baby, there it means cash. I'm just like, there it means cash. Here it also means cash, because it says here, you will give soul for soul. So this giving, Natan, is like, just like that's cash. This is also cash in the next process. Okay, so that's the idea. And this didn't say the Pasuk. Pasuk doesn't say you pay cash. Pasuk says, nefesh tachas nefesh. So this is also a case we say in the Mishnah, what, are the, what is dinim? Dinim, this is the last category. Dinim and abode in the base Mikdash and Taros and Tumas and Arayas. There's what to be so mechon, but it's not clear. The Pasuk doesn't say the Farish what it is, right? It says, uh, if it says maka nefesh remes, okay, you kill somebody and he dies. You're Chayv Misa. There, the Torah says Beferish. That's a Beferish Halacha. But Nefesh Tachas Nefesh is not clear what that means. It could be you kill the person. Pasig no. So the Drasha is, as we say, it's not Beferish in the Torah, but it's what to be Somechan, but still Hain Hain Gufei Torah. We'll come back to Hain Hain Gufei Torah at the end. Another thing that we talked about in the Mishnah, which are the third category of things which there is, it's not considered Ein Lema Mayismachu, nothing even nothing to, to uh, rely on in the psukim or the second, the first category or the second category of, well, there's like, there's like mountains hanging by hair, very few psukim, not much to be somechon, but there is something to be somechon, right? That's the second category. And the third category is, there is what to be somechon. It's not the favorite, but there is what to rely on. And this is the, this is part of that third category, avodas. What do you mean? All the lochas of, of, um, of avodah and the base of mikdash, Right, like Shita, Kabbalah, Halacha, Zrika, all those things, all the rules, those are written in the Torah. We have many Psukim about how you do the service in the base mikdash. dam, about carrying the dam. Remember, there's four main, there's four ideas when you shecht an animal, um, <clears throat> a keves, you know, either a, a, a cow or a, a lamb, a sheep or a goat, uh, the three kinds of animals that are brought in the base mikdash besides birds. Um, there's there's uh, four four parts of the procedure: shchita, slaughtering, halacha, taking the uh, shlicha, uh, uh, sorry, shchita, slaughtering, kabbalah, accepting the blood in the bowl, halacha, taking it to the mizbeach, and then sprinkling it. Zrika. So um, the question is: Isn't all this written? This is lo nitzchel halacha The third category of taking the dam 
from from uh, after you've accepted the dam, after you've received the dam in the bowl, taking it to the mizbeach. Right, the Tanya, it doesn't say that. The Tanya, Vikrivu, Zukabal Sadam, and the Pazik is Vikrivu, take it near. That's accepting the dam. That's taking the dam from, that's accepting the dam after you slaughter the animal, taking the dam from the neck of the animal into the bowl. That's Kabal Sadam. But it says Vikrivu. Vikrivu means you take it near, you carry it over. Right? Why didn't it say Lashon of carrying it over? Why didn't it say Lekabel at the dam? Why didn't it say Vikbil at the dam? Vikbil at the dam. the dam. To kabel at adam doesn't say it says vekrivu bring it near. Why does it say the b'afkachmana blushalach of taking it to the mizbeach? The chsiv. How do we know that vekrivu means carrying it? The chsiv vekriv akoyin esakol vekir mizbeacha. After they cut up the ola, the pasuk is over there. You 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 take all the parts, the limbs. After you cut it up, you vekriv akoyin take it near vekir mizbeach and burn it on the mizbeach. That's the beginning. That's an ola. Omar mar zu alocha sevaram lekevish. That means what is vikriv as a as a kol? You taking taking the limbs, all the various parts of the animal, bring that to the ramp going up to the mizbeach. You, that's one avoda, and then other corner and pick it up from there and take it up, and then vikdir, and then burn it on the mizbeach. What does that t- show you? When it says vikriv as a kol, that means carrying it. Lemeimer do locha. That 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 shows rather that sh- that shows that when it says vikriv, hikriv means carrying. Because it says vikriv as a kol, and what does that mean? That means carrying it over to the kevish. So hikriv just means carrying it. So why, when it says Kabbalah Saddam, the second procedure after Shkita, why does it call that hikriv? Why does it call it carrying? To teach you, to teach us, that Allah is no different than Kabbalah. Just like Kabbalah is an absolutely necessary part of the avoda and if you were mafangal, if you ruin any part of it, for example, if you had a bad machshava, that you're going to bring makarit kuslasman, or a non-Kohen did it, or a Kohen wasn't wearing the right garments, or he was an onain, or he was sitting, or he was an oral, those all ruined the Kabbalah, right? The same way they ruined the halacha. And what's the chiddush here? Because halacha is not absolutely necessary to do. What do we mean by that? Let's say you shechted it right next to the mizbeach. You have to do Kabbalah Saddam, that you have to do. You got to get the dam from the neck of the animal and you have to sprinkle it. So there's no way to avoid Shita, Kabbalah, and Zrika. But Halacha, you could avoid by standing right next to the Mizbeah. I stand right there and I do it. So there's nothing, there's no, there's no walking, there's no carrying necessary. I'm standing right there, I don't move. Standing Shmanesri right there, I shecht it and I take it, the, the Kabbalah Saddam or another coin does that. They're both standing right there and then they do Zrika. So you don't have to do it, but if you do, if you do, if you do the shita a few steps away or further away, and you do have to carry it, the carrying is an, is considered a regular avoda, so that you could ruin it by doing it with a non-coin or a coin who's sitting down or a coin who's not wearing his garments or you have a bad machshavi, a bad thought about it. That all ruins it. So that's the idea. Avoda is also written. The answer is it doesn't say halacha here at all. It says ve'ikrivu. Yes. So what ve'ikrivu means carrying it. Okay, we know that. But how do we know that that's a necessary thing? Since it's not necessary to carry, because I could do it right now with Bech, maybe it's not necessary to So if I had a bad machshava or if a, if a non-Kohen did it, maybe it's okay. No, since it says, since it calls Kabbalah uh, in the Lushan of carrying it, that's to show you that carrying is like Kabbalah, just like Kabbalah is necessary and you can ruin it with any of these uh, bad functions that you do the same way halacha is also that way too. You could avoid halacha, but if you do halacha, it must be done properly with a coin wearing his garments, no bad machshava, no oni, no yoshev, no aura. Taharos. Uh, Brian? No. Yeah. 
in all of in all of these cases that we've talked about for the last two days, do we know that that the rabbis interpret because it's halacha of Moshe Mishinai that that's the case? How do we yes. know? Yeah. How the do Mishnah we know tells, that? Right. The Mishnah tells us that, and we're going to come to that in a few minutes. I'm going to talk about more about that in a minute. It's a good point. In other words, these things that are learned out, whether it's Vehikrivu, this is the Farshim or Darshani, that's all halacha Moshe Mishinai, that that's the case. And whatever we find in the Gemara, as based on a halacha and a psukim, whether it's Gzei Shava or whether it's Kabachom, whatever the drasha is, that's all halacha l'mosh misinai, because we're, we're dashing it that way. With the rabbis dashing, how do we know that? And we're going to see it in a few minutes, because it says, the Mishnah said, hein, hein, gufei Torah. That's gufei Torah. That's Torah. That's mamish Torah. That's not like uh, the rabbis made up. It's not like a gzei or like muksa. Muksa is not halacha l'mosh misinai. Muksa, the rabbis made up. Uh, to make a fence around the Torah, we do certain things, right? We don't do this, we don't do that. Minhagim that we do today, uh, saying Kaddish uh, for the departed, you know, these are all things that came later. Those are all uh, Xeris, Minhagim, things of that. But things that we find here in the Gemara that they're learned uh, based on Sukkim, that's either, that's Halach Lamash Sinai. That's what we mean over here. Now, it's a fine line, you're right, because many times we have a Pasuk, we had that a few days ago. And he says, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. He says, really, it's not a pasuk. It's just a smach to be'alma. The rabbi said it, but it's just a smach to be'alma. They relied on that, but it's really a drab on it. Here we're talking about things that are a raisa, like this. Yeah. Much more simple. Why do we have to do the fire? That's what it is. That's what We're just teaching us what it is. No, we're learning that it's all. Yeah. Why do we have to learn? Because we didn't know it. The Gemara is teaching us. If we wouldn't learn the Gemara, we wouldn't know those things. If you just learned Chumash, you wouldn't know the Allah Chumash The Gemara is telling you what the Allah Chumash is. These things are Allah Chumash Taharos, the next case, Taharos, the Mishnah said that. It's also, it doesn't say Beferish, but there's what to be, what to rely on. So the Gemara, what do you mean? Taharos, Mechtok, All the rules of Taharos are written, aren't they? It says, look, let's read El Ashir Mikvah. Ashir Mikvah, how big does a Mikvah have to be? Right, the looks of it doesn't say the Tanya, but Rachatz, as Basar Maimon says, you have to wash after your tummy, you have to wash yourself in water. Now, <clears throat> obviously, Rachatz washing is with water. What does Bamayim teach me? Special water, Rashi says, right? Uh, special, or he says, or not because it says Bamayim, it didn't say Bamayim, it says Bamayim. So the Patach, Michael, you'll explain this to us, Bamayim means special water. Special water, what's that? Water of a mikvah, a main mikvah. Eskolp sorrow, all his, his entire flesh. Water in which your whole body can exist. Now, maybe it means a spring. Can't mean a, a natural spring. Why? Because says, because by Zob it says, Mayim Chaim. Here it doesn't say Mayim Chaim. A Zob means Mayim Chaim, and it has to be in a natural spring water. But everybody else goes to a regular mikvah, which can mean just rainwater. All right, it doesn't have to, but it can't be, it can't be a bathtub. Because that's not uh, that's not that's not a mikvah. That a, a bathtub is what we call uh, like mayim shuvim, that water that went through a vessel. That's not um, like a pipe or whatever. Uh, that's regular water. That's not special water. So by mayim special water, that excludes mayim shuvim, and that means a mikvah. But it doesn't have to be a spring because that's mayim chayim. Okay, the so may mikvah is called sort mayim shakol. What is as called sort teach mayim shakol for all events? Water in which your whole body can 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 um, can be immersed. The kamahain, how much is that? Amalama bruma, brum shalosh amos. It's an ama by an ama by three, meaning three cubic amos. That's not lochlamosh misinai. Vishiru chachamim and the chachamim 
gave that measure. What is that measure? May mikvar bom saw is 40 saw. And the mafarshim say from here to answer Irving's point that uh, you see from over here that we say it's 40 saw. It has to be mikvah 40 saw. Even if you have a midget or a small person going into the mikvah and he can fit in less water, but the fact that the Mishnah calls us Hain Hain Gufei Torah shows us that this is also Allah Mashmina. The 40 saw, the measures, like we've had many times, we have that we had it just the other day also that that Mechitzas um, uh, and Shiurim and Chatzitzas, that's all Allah Mashmina. So this shear of 40 saw, how much we make a mikvah, is Allah Mashmina. Even though it's a shear of Chachamim made mikvah, doesn't mean that the Chachamim made it up. They said, well, we can figure out, let's 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 take a few examples. No, there, there was Allah Mashmina because it says Gufei Torah. It's not something that the rabbis made up. Tameos. No, what they did was translate the, the forty saw, the the amos into saw. Right, right, right. But that, but they, but that was also they knew how much it was. In other words, it wasn't they didn't just make it up. They they had that the kabbalah misinai. Tameos. So we said also the pasuks are full of uh, things that it tells you. This is tome. That's tome. Isn't that all written? Why does he say that ain't that yeshal uh, lismov? Right. The mission says There's something to rely on. What do you mean it's something reliant? It says Beferish doesn't. Uh, if you have a sheretz, there are, we've learned that there's uh, there are eight, there's millions of reptiles and animals in the world, birds, animals, fish, all kinds of stuff, right? But there's only certain reptiles that are tome and all, all animals, we've said this many times, all um, animals, except for Jewish people, right? All living things, except for Jewish people, are only tummy when they're dead. Only Jewish people have the ability to become tummy when they're alive, like a Zav, a Zava, a Nida, uh, for a person who came in contact with a dead person, right? Only Jewish people are tummy. Midrabana and Goyim are considered tummy too to stay away from them, but there's no such thing. They're like animals in the sense that they're not tummy. There's no such thing as a, a, a Shiksa who's a Nida. That doesn't, doesn't, that, that doesn't apply to them. Only Jewish people are tummy when they're alive. We have that special characteristic, right? But animals are tummy when they're dead. Of the animals that are tummy, though, shrots when it comes to reptiles, not big animals, but reptiles, there's only eight. Only eight of all the reptiles in the world that God made millions of reptiles, there's only eight that are tummy when they're dead. And that's what we talk about here. When we talk about these shrots, he's telling you this. He's telling you, yeah, it says in the Torah, these shrots are tummy. But you know what? What? Even a, um, even a part of the reptile, of a dead reptile, as we said, only they're only telling when they're dead, um, the size of a lentil bean, a very small bean, that's tummy also, that's matamiyu. It's, it's not matamiyu for seven days. It's matamiyu just for one day. You go to the mikvah in the evening and you're done. So mikvah doesn't say that in the Tanya. For him, it says, it says, call she itame, call she ipo mehem bemosam. Any, if it's, if it, ipo a love mayhem, if some, if a dead reptile fell on you when the reptile is dead, it says bohem. Right, looks at Tanya Baham Yachal Bakun might think that the you have to touch the whole reptile for you to be tummy, tummy lower mayhem of them. Now you don't have to touch the whole reptile. If you talk part of it, that's also the tummy uh, that defiles you. Yachal Miksas, and I might think, okay, fine, only part of it. Tummy lump at the bus because Baham is not on the whole thing. So, how does that work? How do you reconcile the word mayhem, which sounds like you touched part of the reptile, versus Baham, which is the whole reptile? Okay, so that's Shukakulo until you touch part of it. Which is like the whole thing. What do you mean, like the whole thing? We'll explain. Shiru Chacham Bekadosha, the Chacham said that's the size of a lentil bee. Why? Shekain Chomet Chiloso Bechadosha. A small snail, when it starts out, when it becomes a snail, it's it's the size of a lentil bean. 
So if you touch it when it gets bigger and it's dead and it touches you, you don't have to touch the whole thing. If you touch the lentil bean size of that dead reptile, you are tome. Why? Because we darsh and we, we reconciled bohem and mehem. On the one hand, it has to be the whole thing, and one hand has to be a partial. So we would have mean a partial the size of a whole thing. In other words, because you can have a whole snail the size of a lentil bean. So if you touch the dead reptile, uh, if you touch a, a lentil bean size of a dead reptile, that's enough to be metamu. A snail's that way. A bigger size, like the tail of a um, of, of, of the tail of a, of a, a reptile. That's another kind. Alta is one of it. There's a shiloh whether the, the word is letaar, with the hay is like defining it, or halta is part of the word itself. But either way, we're talking about like a long, a, a long, a long tail reptile, right? And that reptile, hominis tension is a snail. Rashi says it's got a shell on it, and alta is, is a reptile. So shiloh how big how big that is. But the point is that that uh, kadasha. He says that's the kadosh. The kadosh is like the size of a lentil. It's um, how much how much of a dead reptile of the eight dead reptiles is matami the size of a lentil bean. Why do we get that? We get that because we find that either the snail starts off being that size, or that the size of the tail of a reptile, which sort of uh, can live on its own after it's cut off. That is the size of a lentil bean. Arayos. Okay, so these halachas uh, of arayos are also uh, are also harba favor. Says more mitzvah tzivim. Don't we have full of sukkim? What do we read on Yom Kippur? Right, and then parshas. Uh, what my my was parshas Emor. What? Uh, what do we read on Yom Kippur? Achrimos. Achrimos. So what does it tell us there? About all the halachas. I'm looking for a chumash here. Um, about all the halachas of a. Um, of, of forbidden relations, right? So aren't they all befairs? Why does he tell you, oh, there's what to be so mechan, right? The Pasuk said, right, we said in, in the, uh, at the end here, at the end of the mission, it says, what's the, the la- in the last category? Um, these things are more befairs. Those are all befairs. All the rules are written in the Torah, aren't they? What's missing here? What's missing that, we, that we're talking about uh, um, you know, we say that the, the, there's what to rely on. What do you want to rely on? Aren't they all the facial? Mitzchah, Elo, what? Lebita Menusas, so famous Russia. The Pasik forbids you to have uh, relations with uh, ancestral relations with your family, right? For example, a person cannot uh, sleep with his daughter, with his granddaughter, right? Says that, right? Says that. But it, how do you know your daughter? Who is your daughter from an um, from a non-marital situation? In other words, from unwed. Your daughter from a relationship that was unwed. Does it say that in the Torah? So we'll look at the Pesukim. It doesn't really say that. If you look in Perik Yudches, right? One pasuk says, right? Pasuk says, Erbas bas bimcha bas pitchalo segale erbas nkiyavas chahena. Okay, it says the erva, that means the, you're not supposed to sleep with your daughter, with your granddaughter, bas bimcha, the daughter of your son or daughter of your, you know what that's speaking about? That's speaking about where she's your daughter or, or he's your son from not from not unwed. In other words, you, you had a child from an unwed, this happens today, right? They're not married and they have a child. And your granddaughter from that child, the Pusik says that's also, that's what the Pusik's speaking about. How do we know that? That's Pusik Yud, because later on it says, um, it says in Pusik Yud Zion, Erbas Isha Ubita Loskale. You're not supposed to, right? You're not supposed to 
um, be, you're not supposed to have a, be, uh, have a relationship with your daughter, who's the daughter of your wife, whether it's your daughter or her daughter. The daughter, if you have a wife, you can't be with her daughter. Or her granddaughter, the daughter of her son, the daughter of her, of her daughter. That's the Pusik of two later. So we have a Pusik which teaches us that if, if your daughter is the daughter of your wife or the granddaughter of your wife, that's forbidden, right? The daughter of your wife or the granddaughter of your wife, that's forbidden to you. The previous Pusik says, though, your granddaughter is forbidden to you. It doesn't talk about your daughter because the previous Pusik is talking about unwed. The later Pusik that we said, that's your wife, your wife, your wife's daughter, your wife, you sleep with your wife, can't sleep with your wife's daughter or with her granddaughter. That it tells you, if from a marital, it's she's your wife, she's married to you. The previous Pusik and Pusik Yud is talking about when she's not married to you, you can't be with the granddaughter. Okay, what about your own daughter? What about your own daughter from an unwed situation, right? Wasn't that, uh, well, no, let's not talk about real kids. <laughs> That's America by the garment. Um, right? There are situations, right, where a man is with his, is, has a relationship, we'll call that. That's what they call it today, a relationship, right? He's sleeping with a woman. He's not married to her. And, and then she hey, has I, a daughter. She has a daughter from that. It's his daughter. Does the Torah forbid that? doesn't say the faith. The Torah forbids the granddaughter. Says ervas bas bimcho bas bichos. So you might say it's kavachomer. If you can't sleep with your granddaughter, chas bichalila from an unwed relationship, certainly you can't be with the daughter. However, we have a rule: ain masir medadin, ain onshim medadin. We have halach. Rashi explains in the third, fourth line on the page that kavachomer can teach us a mitzvah sasei dinim mamanis hilchos avoda suli kachim. All that can be kavachomer, but you can't say a low sasei. You can't dash a low sasei from a kavachomer. So just the fact that you can't just because you can't you can't sleep with your um, with your granddaughter from an unwed relationship, how do we know you can't sleep with your daughter from an unwed That's already a drasha. Lebita menusasa back in the Gemara at the top of the page. Lebita menusasa the lokasi doesn't say in parish. Damarava amali raviyitzak ravdimi asi heina heina asi zima zima. How do we know that you can't sleep with your daughter from an unwed relationship? Unwed relationship. Oh, because the Pusik in Yudzayin that talks about your daughter and your granddaughter from a wed relationship says there, Shara Haina, that says Haina. And in Pusik Yud, where it says, Arvas Bas Bimcha Bas Bimcha, Mosik Abbasan, Kervas Chahaina, Zevashava, that's already Del Raisa, right? Pusik doesn't tell us, you can't say, you can't learn from Kavachomer, but the Zevashava tells me that just like you can't sleep with your granddaughter and your daughter from a wed relationship, you can't sleep with your daughter from an unwed relationship. What's the punishment for that? Oh, so the Pasuk in Yud Zion says, Sharahina Zimahi. Another Pasuk elsewhere says that if you sleep with your wife's mother, your mother-in-law, the punishment is burning, Srefa, right? Because why? Because there's over there Zima. And here it says Zima. And since we're learning out, Bita Menasaso, your daughter from an unwed relationship, as well as your granddaughter, which says, we're learning it out from the wed relationship. And there it says Zima. And Zima is learned out from the case of living with your, your wife's mother, your mother in law. That's burning. So here also the punishment is burning. And that's when we say, Asi Haina Haina, Asi Zima Zima. So the question, so back to the mission. The mission said, Arias is what to be Samachan. What do you mean? Doesn't, doesn't all these Pesukim tell us the favorish? No, it doesn't tell you that, doesn't Pusik, does not tell you that you can't sleep with your daughter from an unwed relationship. Doesn't tell us that. And you can't learn it out from a Kavachomer. You learn it out from the Xerishav of Heina Heina, and then the punishment from Zima Zima. Heina and Gufitar, the mission ends off with, 
So the Mishnah sounded like, again, the Mishnah on Dapyut said, the Hetanadorum, that's like, boy, it doesn't, there's no psikim about that. That's just with Einamayisku. That's just uh, the rabbis taught us that. Then it says, Hilchashabas Chigisamilos. That's more like a little bit, there's what to be Samachan, very few psikim, what to be Samachan. Oh, then the last category, Dinan, Avodas, Taurus, Timaeus, Arayas, there's what to be Samachan. The Hain Hain Gufei Torah. So it sounds like the last category only. The things that there's what to be somich on this. Psukim, we just we need a little drush, a little extra drush, like we talked about Kadasha, Arias, the case of Bita Minasoso, Haniyain, Hanachlo, only the last ones are Dorator, Ela Aimino, Hain Vehain Gufei Torah. Not that when it says when the mission says the Hain Hain Gufei Torah, Aima Hain Vehain, not just the Hain Hain Gufei Torah, like the last court is Gufei Torah, but Hain Vehain, all the ones mentioned on Mishnah are Gufei Torah, and that shows us that everything in the Mishnah is Allah Lamosh Misina. It's Gufei Torah, it's like the Torah said it Beferish, means Allah Lamosh Misina, even though it didn't say Beferish, we darshan it, but it's based on Allah Lamosh Misina. Allah that ends this parak, and now we begin the second parak, which will take us how far? So take us to the third parak, right? Okay, Ein Darshan, Ein Darshan Barayas. So here's a halacha that uh, we don't have this today because I guess today we're more learned or we're not worried about these things. But the Mishnah says, In the Habamina, we're understanding that you're not supposed to teach the halachas of Arias of forbidden relationships with three people. And Rashi says, But Mars going to change that. But at this point, we're assuming you're not supposed to teach halachas of Arias to two people or more, meaning you only one on one. That's what it sounds like. And you shouldn't talk about my creation, what took place before. We'll see what that means before creation. What happens with things that we don't know. You shouldn't even teach that with two meaning one. You shouldn't teach it to anybody, even one-on-one. -on -one. Apparently means you and the guy and the student. Don't do that. The talks about what things look like in the heavens, etc. That you shouldn't even teach to one person. So the Gemara is going to ask, what do you mean to one person? You should, sounds like you shouldn't even teach it to yourself. What's going on? Unless you're, unless the person's smart and understands on his own, because you don't want too much of a discussion about this. Discussions will lead to bad ideas. So we don't want a discussion about that. The guys a chacham they can understand. So Bigmar is going to ask right away. What do you mean? Merkava means if it means you can't even teach it to yourself. So that so how how did you learn it in the first place? All right, we'll see. If you look at these four things. Our mission reads Rosilo Kiilo Balom. The mission in the Mishnah reads Ra'ilo. If you look at four things, you're better off, you've been better, better off of not having coming into the world. These things will only lead your mind astray and you'll come to bad ideas, maybe you'll come to deny God. Kilo uh, Balom. What are these? Mala Mala what's above the heavens, what's below, Malafnim, Malachor, what's on one side of the world, what's on the other side of the world. Now it's today we know we can explore things outside. Even as a Shemaim, Shemaim Hashem, maybe we should limit. That's already another uh, philosophical discussion. But the Mishnah means what does that mean? So it sounds like Rashi says, uh, means uh, what's above the heavens, what's below, what's on one side of the world, what's on the other side of the world. And then there's a Tosfus in Rashi, one of the strange, one of the, you know, rare cases where Tosfus explains in Rashi that he says, like my teacher Rashi, is wrong about this uh, because Malafnim al does not mean what's on one side and what's on the other side of the world. It means what was before the world was created. Because the Gemara says, what do you mean? What's the question Malafnim? Masha Haya Haya, what was already. So we're talking about historically, chronologically, Malafnim, what was before and what was later. But these things don't help us, don't help us get anywhere. 
I'll quote Kono, whoever, there's no Rachmanis on the honor of his, of his, of Hashem, you know, the one who requires us. Also, Rossi Loshalabolim, here again, Rashi says, right, it's better that he hadn't come into the world. Not either Rawi or Rasui, he's better off. Another Lashon Rashi is that it's a mercy upon him. He'd be better off. It'd be a pity on him. He'd be better off and not even come into the world. We'll talk about what Kvota means, what, what that means, Kvota, that it's more like his own honor because we represent God in this world and uh, he, that, that there's no Rahmanus on his own, on his own sake. We more will talk about this. Amrit Beresha of Lomarkava. So again, in the, the way I explained the Mishnah, that you shouldn't teach Arias to two people or more, and you shouldn't turn from Aisha Bereshis to one person or more, and you shouldn't turn from Aisha Merkav at all. So Amit Bereshis, but Merkav shouldn't teach one. Well, if you didn't, if you didn't know, if you didn't understand it, if you're only teaching to yourself, so what does that mean? How would you have taught it to yourself if you didn't, if you weren't a Chacham? In other words, you shouldn't, who is it telling you, you shouldn't teach Aisha Merkav unless you're a Chacham? But you didn't understand it in the first place unless you're a chacham. So who is it? Who is it prohibiting you from? Doesn't mean you can't teach arayas to two people or more. You shouldn't teach it to three people or more. We'll explain why. And you shouldn't teach my shabrashis to two or more. You shouldn't teach merkava even to one person. Unless the person was smart and would understand them as on meaning, you wouldn't ask too many questions. We don't want discussions about this because it could only lead you astray. Number one, why can't you teach Arias? Arias, everybody should know. Why can't you teach it to three or more people? My time, it says, Ish, Ish, Alcohol, Sheriff, Sorrow. The Pasuk tells us every man should not uh, uh, commit incest with his uh, family members. Sheriff, Sorrow means his family, his kin. Uh, so it's Ish, Ish is two, Ish, Ish is three, Sheriff, Sorrow is hot. So you get a, maybe a Pasuk teaches you shouldn't teach it to three people or more. Don't reveal, like, don't reveal the halachas over here to them. Don't don't come near to reveal the halachas because there'll be some confusion. The Torah is forbidding it for some reason. We don't understand why yet. If two men curse God, what, only you're talking about two? Two people who commit that sin of uh, of offering their, their children to the molach. Hachanami, you're going to say, that also means two. Ishish doesn't mean, you can't count them as two. Elahanami boile, Lorabas is an offering. When it says Ishish, that includes Goyim. They're also forbidden from cursing God, one of the Shev Mitzvahs. They're also forbidden from Vazar to Israel. That's what it's referring to. Ishish comes to include a Goyim. This is also including them. They're also forbidden. They don't have the same arise and study we have, but the Masar on Rise. Arise is one of their one of their sins, right? Committing adultery is a sin for them. Maybe not all the details and all the rights that we have, but they're also forbidden on Arias. He's real. Ella, so how do we get this idea? Where's the idea? You can't teach, you can't teach forbidden relationships to three or more people. Why? Ella, you should guard my charge. Ushmartem is two. It also says it net parsha. And Mishmarti is one. So that's three. Rather not to do these these abominable things of adultery, guard Shabbos, guard the mitzvah, guard the holy, the temple, etc. You're going to say also you're guarding with two. What, what does that mean? The shmartim is not a count. Don't teach the hidden things of Arayos with, with three or more, three or more. Why? 
So Rashi says, Sisrei Arayos in the third line, in the wide lines, Rashi says, the things that aren't written, the favorites in the Torah, the things that are hidden, for example, Bitum and Asasa, things we just discussed at the top of this page, that the Torah does not say, but you can't sleep with your daughter from an unwed uh, relationship. Doesn't say this. So that's like a, a hidden thing that we touch, or, or the Aim Chama and Chamosa. Plus, because you can't sleep with your mother in law. What about your mother in law's mother, right? Or, or, or your father in law's mother? And it doesn't say buffet, which is learned out of brushes. So don't darshan those things with three. My time. So he says, well, that's what Rashi says. The uh, Marshall doesn't like that because he says those things are, uh, are considered more. That doesn't sound like sisra. Those aren't hidden things. Those are drushes. So he says that Marshall says that the hidden things are don't darshan the reasons why. For example, can't sleep with your sister. Now we know we don't have a tiger for a sister. That's how God put made the relationship that normal people. Uh, normal people don't have a, a desire for a sister. However, for example, the Torah also forbade a sister-in-law. Unless your wife died, you can't you can't marry your sister-in-law. And, and, and uh, uh, if you're a Spartan or whatever, people can be married to two women at one time. You can't marry a wife and sister. How was that? Yaakov was married to Leah and Rachel. All the drushes, there's a million drushes about that, how that was and and what the format in Torah or they had two different mothers, whatever the, whatever the argument is. But but people will say, people ask those things, says, that's already, it's, it's a difficult thing to get into. Why? Because we saw, after all, sister, uh, uh, who did um, who did Cain and Hevel marry? Who did Chase marry? You know, right? You know, who did they marry? They married their sister. So how do we understand that the Torah forbade marrying a sister or the Torah forbade a sister-in-law? We don't understand these things. Those are the hidden things. Anyway, that's what Masha says. But in any case, we don't know. Why can't you dash with three more people? My time is sorrow. Why? When two people are sitting in front of the Rebbe and they're asking questions, one is discussing with the Rebbe, asks questions, right? One guy asks Akasha, and the other guy turns his ear over and listens, the Gemara, to, to learn. In other words, the Gamra. It, when, when two people learn in front of a Rebbe and one person asks a question, the other guy's listening. What else are you going to do? There's nobody else to talk to. See, that's a problem when you have too many people to talk to. People start talking, right? Kalasa, but when you have three people, one's discussing with Rebbe, one of the other, the other guys are discussing the scores or whatever happened last night, you know, they're, 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 they're getting, one guy's talking to the Rebbe, the other guy's talking to his friend, they're talking to one another, maybe they're talking about another Indian in Torah, whatever, but they're not listening to the discussion with the Rebbe, they don't know what the Rebbe said, if they don't know the halacha clearly, they don't hear what the Rebbe said, they might come to be mat or something, which is really also awesome, because they're not listening. So the reason is you shouldn't teach three or more people health psoriasis unless you make sure that they're all listening, I guess, right? Because if you're talking with if you're talking with three or more people, you might have a discussion with one of the students, and the other ones are talking about something else, and they'll miss something. That's the reason. Right? So why why only arias? Everything should be that way. You shouldn't teach to everything's right. So shine. Uh, I says I call to anami. So arias shiny. Arias are different. Amar gezel arias stealing. And sexual misconduct, and a person has lusts for that. He wants them. So this is something that person will always look will be more ahead to. He says, I don't know, the Torah doesn't really forbid that. I never heard of that answer. So you got to make sure that they learn that properly. So Gezel also should only teach in front of three people. He says, no, uh, you, shouldn't you shouldn't teach in front of three or more people. Arias, people uh, have a lust and a desire, whether the person's there, the person that they're lusting after is there or not. Nafish Yitzray, his his um his uh, evil inclination is very strong. Gezel, when it comes to Gezel, the fun of Nafish Yitzray, Shalom, the fun of Lo Nafshit. 
his, his, his tithe isn't that great. In other words, he wants to steal that guy's uh, Mercedes or something like that. It's only when he sees the Mercedes, he has the strong desire. But when a person wants a woman, it could very well be that it's even when, when she's not there. In other words, for Arias, we have to be more careful because people are more likely to be more heter. So make sure when you teach Arias that everybody is listening. That's the idea over here. Obviously, we don't have that halacha today, right? We, today we teach Torah, teach halachas of Arias to more people because we're assuming people are listening. Or Elam Ken Chacham, we take the last part of the mission. He talks about Maisim Rekava, unless he was a Chacham, unless then the students are Chachamim. Shouldn't teach Maishrashis with two or more people. Menarim, where do you get that from? What's the idea of two people? You can't teach two people. In the beginning of this, we thought you can't teach it to once. We said no, it means teaching to two. Menarim, where do you get the Tanra Banam? Kishal no, the Pasuk says, Kishal no, Mishan, Pasuk and Veshanan. Kishal no, one per individual. Shal means one person, Yachid. When you ask about the early days, Yachid Shal, Veshanan Shal. One, you can only teach one, only, only teach one person. One person could ask questions about it. When you teach, you can't have two. Yachol Yishol Adam Konshev might think you could ask questions about what took place before the world was created. From the time that Hashem created man on the world, right? Only from the beginning of Isabracious, not before. Yachol Yishol Adam Mishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishish
from earth to heaven, but he was also from one end of the world to the other when he laid down. One end of the world, one end of the heavens to the other end, so to speak, from one horizon to the other. Once he sinned, he put his hand on him and diminished him. So the Pesukim seemed to contradict more. One Pesuk says that he reached his, his feet from the earth to the heavens. And then it says when he lay down, he was from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Which one is it? Mara says it's the same shear. From the earth to the heavens is the same shear as from one end of the world to the other end of the world, however we understand that. There were 10 things that Hashem made on the first day of creation. Pasik says, first three psukim, right? The confusion and the emptiness, or light and dark. We'll talk about the the uh, sun and the moon, that's later on, but first made light and dark. Ruach, the winds, mind water. The measure of the day, measure of night. As it says, how do we know all those things? Hashem made that also, like nothingness, emptiness, confusion. Or there was darkness on the face of the depths. Or the or Right, ruach umayim the siv ruach alukim the spirit of God or the winds of God the spirit of God marachefes was hovering off neamayim midas yemenasolai the siv ayeroka yom echad so those things were created on the first day then tomorrow we'll continue with discussion about all these various things that were created on the first day have a good day shavuot tov lekulam shavuot tov shkoyach